This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here's your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library where we get stories that God has done in people's lives so that we can encourage and build your faith. With me today is a good friend of mine. We met here at Lighthouse Church, uh, which I've been going to for a long time, and he came on staff here. It's TC. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? Uh, I'm with you, so I must be great. (laughs) Flattery won't get you anywhere. (laughs) So uh, TC is an amazing guy. I tend to talk to him every time I come into church and see him he's he's the campus director here at the Glen Burnie and uh, we share books and talk about things he he actually has a book that I recommend to a lot of people and uh, it's on Amazon definitely go check it out but it's called The Unreasonable Jesus Um, tell me a little bit about it actually uh, well, first of all, thanks for thanks for saying nice things about it and recommending it. I'll, I'll definitely give you a kickback off of that every time you, you sell one, a shiny nickel or something like that. Um, you got to put my name in or something? <laughs> with, with a Sharpie on any any number of copies you want. Um, it, it's a, it's a, a project that I'm, I'm just grateful uh, to have had the opportunity to create and publish. Um, I essentially take the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and I go through it, and the question I ask is, how can this have an impact on my daily life, right? Like Jesus, I find it's very easy to kind of put Jesus in this category of, hey, he says things that are interesting and nice or um, even maybe like these ethereal concepts. Um, But I I think Jesus wants me to actually live a transformed life. And the Sermon on the Mount has some very challenging things. uh, And and I just try to figure out what does that look like on a day-to-day basis in my modern life? He says, you know, love your enemy. Okay, well, what what does that practically look like? Um, being able to uh, treat uh, other people not as objects. Okay, well, well, what does that look like today in 2018 in America? So I just do my best to say, how can we take his incredible teaching and have it influence us day to day? And it, it's one of those things where you you don't always look at it that way. And when you do, it starts to change and open up a lot of things. You know, one of the, one of the, when we were talking about the book before and, and when I read through it the first time, it really reminded me of Philip Yancey's The Jesus I Never Knew. Wow. Um, I, I, that was a book that changed my life. Uh, it, it, it actually was, was the book that started me on the journey to plant in my own church. That one, An Irresistible Revolution uh, by Shane Claiborne. Those two books were were instrumental in my life, and, and it had the same feel for me. And I, I truly do love it. I Like I said, I, I've given it out now to, to multiple people and uh, and highly recommend it. You know, I've asked for it back, but <laughs> I haven't got it yet. So that was one of the things. And 
we've we've talked in church. I like to talk to 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 Christians, and I like books. Uh, if you've ever been to my house, you know that. Uh, so we we hit it off. You know, you shared a couple books with me that I've read and really enjoyed, and, and really enjoyed that. And that was one of the reasons that I, I we've talked about this before. But in spirit, I feel that that we have have that same spirit in 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 God. You know, some people you just generally draw to, and I I do. I, I feel that way towards you, but we're here. We're here for one thing. We're here to hear a story of something amazing God's done. So, please feel free to share with our listeners uh, what has God done in your life. Yeah, man, and and thanks so much for letting me just kind of share a little bit about what God's doing in my life. And uh, thanks for comparing me to Yancey and Claiborne. I'll, I'm putting that quote on my next book uh, whenever if I ever write one. That's definitely going on there. It's just got to <laughs> say by Mark Stitcher. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, when you asked me to share a story, um, the the immediate thing I want to talk about, which probably um, coming from the book I wrote, my description of it is, I want to talk about how God has transformed my daily life um, in, in, in a particular way. This is something that may not apply to everyone uh, who's listening, but um, it's a topic that maybe doesn't get held up as much. Um, I, I unfortunately don't have, you know, some amazing story about how, you know, I was strung out on heroin and jumped out of a plane without a parachute and somehow landed in a church and got saved and, you know, some kind of amazing story like that. If you know that person, could he be <laughs> on the podcast too? <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I, um, there are so many people here at Lighthouse that, that I'm sure you know. Like we have a we have a greeter who this last weekend was telling me how she was addicted to crack for 40 years and Jesus delivered her. And for Thanksgiving she goes out and lives as a homeless person, preaching the gospel to people. She says, "If if I don't if you don't get a big fancy meal, neither do I. I'm going to spend time with you." And I'm like, "You're an amazing human being. Like I, like I thank God I get to know you. I don't have a story like that. Um, but here's here's the story I do have for you." Uh, I, I'm a very rational person, and I don't know if you're into Enneagrams or any of the personality stuff. I'm a type five. I'm the guy who lives in his head. So uh, very, very introverted, um, which people hear me talking on stage or hear me speaking in a classroom, and they're like, you're not an introvert. No, no, no. This is all performance. Like, if you invite me to your birthday party, I'm going to sit over next to your houseplant and, like, pet your cat. I'm the same exact way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And honestly, I think a lot of us in ministry are. I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to cats, though, so it'd be dog. <laughs> well, this is the end of that podcast. It was nice being... No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, and, and so, so I, I just kind of... I, I live in my head. Um, I, I just... I, I think a lot. And um, one of the things I found is... Uh, that can create some challenges in following Jesus, living like Jesus. Like like people talk about the miracles Jesus did or, you know, he rose from the dead, obviously we follow him. One of the main stories that makes me want to follow Jesus, Mark, is that he's ministering to a huge crowd of people and then he tells the disciples, we got to get in the boat and go across the lake. I need some time off. And the crowd runs around the lake and is waiting for him when he gets there. And I'm like, that's when I would have lost it. I would have snapped. I would have been like, I needed a break. You people are killing me. Um, Jesus, like for, for one to three years is just being followed by people who are so needy nonstop and he loves them. Mark, I give myself 48 hours before I snap and I just go off on these people and Jesus loved them. He, he says when that crowd came around, instead of going off on them, he looked at, he looked at them and he had compassion. And I'm like, man, I don't like, if, if I knew nothing else about Jesus, I would want to hear what he has to say just based on that. So uh, interacting with people for me is, is a challenge. Like, like I almost feel like I'm an alien and I've had to study humans and be like, oh, humans are supposed to like smile at people. And like, this is how, you know, they, they interact. And these are small, uh, small talk topics you can utilize. 
Um, and so for me, it's, it's, it's a challenge. And uh, so recently, uh, I, I'm, I'm in school, and I, I went out to California, and, and I had a class called Practicing the Way of Jesus. And in our first day of, of this one-week you know, intensive, you got to read a bunch of books, and you, you go to class, and then you do a project or write a paper afterwards. Um, he, he asked all of us in the class, there was about a dozen of us, he said, where are you stuck? And um, so I, you know, I thought about it, considered it, and, and I realized that one of the places I'm stuck is I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what God is doing or what is the purpose of my life or what is my future um, in StrengthsFinder 2.0, two of my five are strategic and analytic. So like I, I love just like thinking through things. And, and when I look at my life and I say, well, what do I want my life to be? I'll just start, I'll, I'll start strategizing. Well, I want it to be this, so here's how I'm going to get there. Um, and the problem I, 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 just, I realized, I, 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 I recognized and, and wrote down for this guy, I said, you know, I said I spend all my time thinking about the future, thinking about what I want to have happen or how to get there, how to strategize and make that happen. And I don't think it's healthy. I think I'm missing God where I'm at. I, I think I'm, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm not engaging in what Jesus has for me. This is not the life to the fullest Jesus wants me to have when I'm just sitting here thinking, how can I get what I want? Oh, I'm frustrated because that didn't work out. What should I try next? And I had this idea that I have to make it happen. And so he invited us. He said, I want you to do a 21-day experiment. Replace that place where you're stuck, the unhealthy scripts, the unhealthy perspectives, and put the kingdom of God, put the kingdom in in place. And so for me, I said, okay. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I said, every time that I'm tempted to think about the future, strategize, or honestly, uh, 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 if I'm if I'm starting to like talk about myself as like I don't have a meaning or a purpose or this doesn't work out or I'm a failure, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop myself and I'm going to say a short prayer. And the prayer was was this. I'm your child and you love me and you have a plan for my life. I will not worry about tomorrow, but I'll focus on today. Thank you that today I have all I need. And that's it. That, that, that's, I'm going to do that. And then anytime I see someone in need, I'm, I'm going to help them. Those, that, that's all I'm going to do for 21 days. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that and invite the, the, the kingdom into my life, into that area. Uh, well, on day one, I think I had to say that prayer like 16 times. <laughs> like it was just like, you know, over and over and over again, I had to do that. Um, and, and, and over the course of that first week, it, it kind of reduced, you know, next time, next day it was like 12 and then 10 times and then six, whatever. And Mark, by the end of that first week, I, I, I was no longer thinking about the future. And, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I'm still, you know, putting money in a retirement account, stuff like that. But, but I wasn't just thinking like, oh, you know, I want, I want my book to sell a bunch or I want my career to look like this or I want, you know, this to happen or these results to happen. When I prayed that prayer, it reminded me to be faithful to what God has put in front of me. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, right, uh, don't worry about tomorrow but be faithful with what's in front of you today. So I realized I was missing God because I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't in the present. And so over the course of, of, of this three-week experience, I stopped living in the future. And the funny thing, Mark, I discovered is I also would spend time living in the past. Oh, if that hadn't happened or if this had happened or why did that person do it? And I, and I realized, wait a minute, that's not being present either. I need to be present where I'm at 
in order to do what God has created me to do and what God is calling me to do. One of the things I, I also love about Jesus is he was always interruptible. Like people are gonna, people went up to him, they're like, you know, my, my child died or, or a woman who has a health issue comes up and she's looking for a healing. And Jesus never brushes them off like, like, look, I got important stuff to do. Like, you're, you're, just, a, you're just one person. I'm, I'm, I'm affecting many. Jesus was always interruptible by them, ministered to them, loved them, listened to them. And, Mark, the amazing thing that's happened during this experiment is I've had a bunch of opportunities come my way of people in need, and I was able to be present with them. I was able to love them. I was able to minister to them. I was able to respond to what their needs were. And some people may hear this and be like, that's not amazing at all. Like, I, you know, I live in the moment all the time, but that's not, that's not who I am. Like I live in my head and I have the issue where like, I'll live in my head and my facial expressions go blank and people think I hate them. And it's like, no, 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 I don't. But I've, but it's taught me to be present and to connect with what Jesus wants to do through me today. I, I know exactly how you feel beyond, uh, beyond, more words that I can <laughs> express. You've talked about me and my life. Um, it's just, just amazing to think that th- there are people that are not like us sometimes <laughs> that are very altru- you know, altroverts. I don't know if that's the proper way of saying it. Extroverts. Extroverts. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, people look at me and, and I don't know if any of you have met me before, but a lot of people look at me and go, he's very cocky and arrogant. I have heard it my whole life. Mm. Uh, if you go back to my DDCs, uh, DDC, uh, at DDC, Mark, M-A-R-C, on Facebook, I do short videos. One that I did in, in November, so about a month ago now, I talked about how more people call me emotionless robot, you know, because I just don't get everyday emotion so what you're saying to me was man that's just you know that's enlightening to me i try to i try to live in the moment as much as i can and see a need and help and things like that but the practice it not something i ever put in the grace so just to know that god was able to then use that practice and move you is encouraging not only to me and somebody that's in our shoes but is is encouraging other people if you think about it in no matter what it is no matter how you're built God can move you to be used by him. And that's an, just, just an amazing thing. Oh, yeah. And I, that's clearly why we get along so well, because we're, we're very similar in that area. And um, We could sit in the same room and not talk. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> totally just speaking binary back and forth. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so for me, the amazing thing is that, that God is still willing to work in me and through me, despite you know, this is an area that it, it doesn't come easy to me. And I know, you know, our society, you know, as far as following Jesus, we talk about love all the time. And I'm like, sometimes my prayers are like, God, I don't even know how to love. Like, I, like you know, I, I, I'm, I'm loving the best I can, but it's just not this natural thing to me. But, but just by creating this three-week experiment, just saying, God, I'm going to create a space where I'm just going to consciously choose to connect with you in this area— for God to respond and just over the course of three weeks for me to see transformation in my area, in, in that area of my life, is amazing. And Mark, to be honest, it's the beginning of the story because, like, what I found, what I realized through this is that my prayer times had basically become whining and griping sessions. Like, ah, God, why don't I need you to talk to me about this? I, you know, I need you to show me this. What's the plan? Like, give me, give me something here. I need something. And as as I let go of that, one of the things that I found happened is I started becoming just more thankful. My prayer walks became. God, thank you that I have enough money to survive today. Thank you that that my kids are healthy today. God, thank you that that I have a, a house today, a car that runs well today. Like, 
I just became conscious of all the blessings I had that I was completely taking for granted and ignoring as I spent my time frustrated about the past or pining about the future. Um, so I'm amazed by God that God takes someone that can be as just, uh, I don't know if neurotic is the right word, but just so introverted, so turned in to where my brain just starts spinning in circles and go, peace, son. Like that scripture where he says, cease striving and know that I'm God. Like I'm, I'm having the opportunity to really walk that out through this and, and I'm grateful and I'm going to continue, you know, this experiment, you know, it, it's come to a close, but I'm taking these principles and saying, I'm not going back. I'm going to continue doing this. And I feel like, I feel like I'm now in the place where I can actually sit down and say, Jesus, what conversation do you want to have with me? Like, I've just been like blasting you with, with, you know, requests constantly. Now I'm going to sit down and hear what you have to say. So I don't know what will come next, but Mark, I know it's going to be a lot more peace-filled, and, and, and it looks a lot more like that life to the fullest that Jesus talks about than what I had when I was trying to make all this stuff happen. That's awesome. That's awesome that just God responds and reacts to us no matter what. Maybe we'll have to have you back on in six months, and we'll we'll see the, the fruit of this. I hope. So we end our podcast with two questions. First is, what is a Bible story? Uh, character in the Bible or person in the Bible that has challenged you over the course of your Christian life? Hmm. Definitely, definitely a few there. Um, the one, the one that, that comes to mind most, especially uh, as I'm talking about being someone who tends to live in my mind and has had to intentionally learn to engage emotions in my spiritual walk in a healthy way um, is David. So one of the things I have found is that when I am struggling with connecting with God emotionally, David helps me out so much. When I read the Psalms, like when I'm, especially when I'm frustrated or depressed, uh, or, or, or scared or any of those things, I, I go right to the Psalms. And the reason I do that is because when I read the Psalms, I read a guy who is almost manic depressive, like, you know, like, <laughs> like everyone's trying to kill me or, you know, God, wake up, or, you know, are, are you asleep? I don't even care. Um, and, and I read that and I'm like, if, if I got up in church and said, everyone bow your head to like to pray. And then my prayer started with God, aren't you even paying attention? Why are you asleep right now? People would not find that amusing. Like I'd be run off the stage. And yet David is just so brutally open and honest with God. Uh, and God's response to that isn't like, horror or like, yo, man, get your stuff together. Or, you know, you need to, you need to push that down and not tell anybody that his response is to say, David's a man after my own heart. David was a guy who said, God, I'm jacked up and I'm asking you to meet me where I'm jacked up. One of the things that I wrestled with as a young believer, when I read the Psalms and I'm reading David saying stuff like, you know, smash the teeth of my enemy. And I'm like, why is this scripture? You know, this is, this, I don't like this. I don't want this to be scripture. And when I, when I've come to realize, here, here's the conclusion I've come to Mark is God's not saying, I want you to have these violent tendencies. I don't want you to I want people to have their teeth smashed out of their head. What I want you to do is come to me without a filter and tell me how you feel. And if you're that mad, if you're that angry, if you're that, you know, uh, in that much pain, I want you to pour it out to me and I want to meet you there. So I don't have to read that and go, yeah, I have to want to smash people's teeth out. I can go, when I'm feeling like I want to smash someone's car out on 695, I can invite God in that minute and go, God, I am beside myself with anger, depression, frustration, or whatever it is. But I'm looking to you, which is how David always ended. But God, I'm going to praise you. I'm looking to you. Um, I can meet God wherever that is. So 
Um, for me, honestly, being that rational, that that internal person, I can tend to, you know, create my own reality or, or want to create these fantasy realities of like, oh, you know, I, I should have said this or I if, if I had this much money, I'd do that. And I can like live in that reality. And, and David invites me never to do that, but instead say, all right, God, you know, I'm jacked up or things are going wrong or I'm feeling a certain kind of way and I can meet you there. I actually, just real quick to wrap this part up, um, I actually at one point would begin my prayer every day by saying, God, I feel blank today. And some days it would be, God, I feel optimistic today. Sometimes it would be, God, I feel angry today. Sometimes I feel, you know, sad or lonely or, or optimistic or excited or whatever it is. And, I, and, and my prayer would start there because um, I felt that that's the only way I can genuinely connect with God is if I'm willing to be raw and open and honest. So I look to David and I'm like, I want to be like that. Someone not afraid to say whatever it is to God because God can handle it and God loves me. That's awesome. I love that you're just bringing up prayer. We can see that you have a fulfilled prayer life. And it's something that I think that we sometimes sleep upon. We don't, we don't, we don't go to God with those things. And, and sure enough, David was that person <laughs> that yelled out and cried out and everything. And, and uh, David's a fascinating character study. If you ever want to read through and, and look at David and read him chronologically, watch the ups and downs that he goes through. So share with our listeners here as we close a song that has touched you um, over, over the course of your life. Um, and why it has, and uh, we'll go listen to it on YouTube and, and kind of reflect. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm betting I'm betting I'm going to have a song no one else has picked. We'll see if someone else did, then I'll be very sad about this. Um, so when I uh, just just to share briefly, so you and I actually went to the same church before Lighthouse. I don't I don't know that we were there at the same time, but we were no. there, and um, and then we eventually met when we were here at, at Lighthouse. Uh, so I was at a church, and my time ended there, and it was it was not ideal. I'll just put it that way. And um, I went into a time of, of pretty strong depression, like like God, I you know I'm trying to serve you and honor you, and things are just not working out. And um, it was very difficult for me to the point where you know I, I went and, and and met with a counselor because I'm to me I look at counselors as really helpful people that you can just sit down and say, Hey, I can't figure this out. Would you help me take a look at this? And and it's wonderful. Um, and so I ended up dealing with situational depression for about five, six months just because nothing, I couldn't catch a break. Nothing made sense. What God was telling me was not what I wanted to hear. Um, and so I would, uh, I kind of found a couple songs and I created a playlist. Uh, and the first song uh, on the playlist is called Sort of Revolution by Fink. Uh, and it's a song that's a little melancholy, but a little hopeful. Uh, and the refrain over and over says, uh, let me know when we get there, if we get there. And it's this idea of we're all on a journey. We're all hoping to get somewhere. We don't know if it's going to work out. And even though it's not specifically a Christian song, to me, it was the cry of my soul to God at that point of like, God, let me know when we get there, if we're even going to get there. I don't even know where there is. It's this idea of just continuing in the face of a lack of understanding um, and so for me, it was just very meaningful. So I don't, I don't know what else to say other than uh, go check it out. Play it on a system that has good bass because it's got some good bass in it. What was it again by Fink? Fink, and it's called Sort of Revolution. Sort of Revolution, yeah. Some songs touch our hearts, you know, and make our hearts cry out to God wherever they come from. Uh, you know, 
not to plug another song here real quick, but Band of Horses Funeral does that for me. You know, every occasion we're ready for a funeral, that no matter what's going on, you know, I'm ready for for something to end or something to you hurt because all of it does. So think sort of revolution sort of revolution go listen to it so for amazed by god and thank you for coming on tc uh i am mark stitchin this podcast is brought to you by through god's library if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe thank you for listening